0: We have um, three readings this morning. The first reading in Philippians can be found on page 1180 in the standard Bibles and 1869 in the large print Bibles and that's Philippians 4 verses 4 to 7 and then we're moving on to Ephesians 6 shortly afterwards. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then Ephesians chapter 6, beginning at verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And then moving on to verse 18. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also for me, that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me, so I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly, as I should. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Ben, good morning again, everyone. So, as Bex has said, we're continuing our series today, building our community, looking at what we want to be uh, the core values of these new congregations, communities that we are building. And we've looked at all sorts of things now, haven't we? It's been going on a while. Uh, I can't then even know if I can remember them all. Being a place of encouragement, a place of welcome, a place of worship, a place of healing, a place of something else. (laughs) I can't remember what it was last week. But anyway, today, it's about a place of of prayer. Now, I don't know how your weekend was. Maybe you were watching the rugby or football. Um, I was looking after Clara. Uh, Kate was on the life course day away. So Clara and I decided to do uh, together one of our favorite pastimes, well, her favorite pastime and mine. We went off to Newland's Corner. Put your hands up if you know Newland's Corner. It's a great spot, isn't it? And you know, there's that Um, very long, sort of grass-wide grass path that goes off to St. Martha's that everyone walks down. Well, I always love walking down there. And uh, the reason I went there particularly is that one of Clara's favourite pastimes is watching dogs. And more than any place I've been to in this area, that is a dog motorway. Wherever you go, there are huge numbers of dogs, more dogs than parents, I think, or or owners. And uh, big dogs, little dogs, brown dogs, black dogs, white dogs, old dogs, young dogs, big yeah I don't know any breeds but anyway you get the impression numerous dogs and Clara was having a field day but the only problem was really that her second favorite pastime also happens to be the dog's favorite pastime which is chasing after balls and all the owners seem to have those things where they scoop and throw them and Clara each time was trying to run off and get it The dog's one, I'm afraid, so she had to settle for spectating. Now, my favorite pastime, on the other hand, is not so much that. I don't actually like dogs very much, but my favorite pastime (laughs) is walking, walking in the fresh air, in the countryside, in the hills, and it was great to do it, but here's the thing. I just don't do it enough. And I wonder if that's true of you. How many of you think that you walk as much as you would intend to or like to? Put your hand up if you do. One person, two people, three, not many. I hardly ever do it. Now, why is that? Well, I think there's a number of reasons. It might be uh, that it just seems too much like hard work. It might be that we don't prioritize it. It might be we just feel too busy. We don't get around to it. It might be we're out of the habit. Or it might be that we've simply forgotten just how enjoyable and good for us and refreshing it really is. But here's the thing. I want to suggest that just as with walking, we just don't do it enough and we lose out as a consequence. It's very similar with prayer. If I was to ask you, do you pray as much as you intend to or would like to? I won't ask you to put your hands up. But I suspect for many of us, the answer is, well, no. I don't. Because there's no doubt, for those of us who are Christians, the intention is presumably there. The memory, too, of how, the good that it does us is probably there as well. And yet it still happens less than it should, and our lives are the poor for it. And sadly, all too easily, sort of sustained, regular, persistent prayer can be reduced to something that we only do when we've got lots of time on our hands when we're really stressed or worried about something or maybe when there's no other option left. It's the last resort. Do you recognize that in your life? Maybe sometimes you do. I certainly do. And what's the answer? Well, it's that we need to have our passion for prayer renewed. And so that's what my prayer is we can do together today. So let's pray that God would do that in us, as we look at the scriptures and as we think about what in our prayer lives we are being called to do as individuals and as a church. So let's pray. Father, thank you that we can pray. Thank you that you listen. Thank you that you long to be in relationship with us. You long for us to speak to you and you long to speak to us. Father, we confess that we too often do not pray as often as we would like, and certainly as often as you would like. So Father, would you renew in us this morning a passion for prayer, a motivation, a commitment, and a confidence that this is a central part of what it means to follow you. Amen. Okay, so before I continue actually with the sermon, I just want to flag up the fact that next term, prayer is going to be a really, really big focus for us as a church. We've decided to uh, do the prayer course in January and February as a church. It's been recently designed by HDB, who designed Alpha and a number of other courses like the marriage course. It's a fantastic resource. What we're going to do is do it over six weeks where we're going to have the talks in our Sunday services, and then we're going to use midweek groups, whether existing life groups or new groups as well, to discuss that and apply it further. So that's going to be a really exciting and important journey towards becoming the prayerful church that God wants us to be. We also hope to have another week of 24-7 prayer towards the end of next term as well. And if you took part in that last term, you'll know just how exciting and powerful that is. So that's coming up. But today, I'm really looking just to, to simply address two obvious questions about prayer. Why pray and what to pray? And we're going to be considering those two things as we go throughout the sermon with the starting point, which I think is the, the most obvious starting point to have as we think about any aspect of Christian life. What does the Bible say about it? So, we heard three uh, Three short passages read there, but three passages that I have to say are deeply challenging when it comes to thinking about our prayer life. So let me just remind you of some of the commands, I think they are commands, not just suggestions, that Paul gives and uh, and which by implication he is uh, recording in Scripture for all of us who follow Jesus in subsequent generations to follow in praying in our lives. So let me just read out some of these commands. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. So that's an instruction to pray prayers of praise regularly in our lives. He goes on. In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So we're to pray about every situation in our lives and always to do so with thanksgiving. Next one, pray in the spirit on all occasions and then with all kinds of prayers and requests and then with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people, including, of course, Paul himself. Did you notice how often the word all or always or in every situation, or whenever is used there. Add it all together, what do we have? We have a clear expectation that we would pray frequently. In fact, I would go further, that we would pray constantly. It's about a life where we are always rejoicing, always giving thanks, always praying for ourselves, always praying for others, encompassing every situation praying in all kinds of ways for all of God's people all of the time. So it's not much of an ask, is it? It's challenging, let's face it, but actually it can be done because what it's talking about actually is a life infused by prayer, where prayer is going on in everything we do. It doesn't mean we've got our eyes closed and our hands together every minute of the day, but it means we are constantly firing up those arrow prayers to God. We are giving our whole lives to him, and we are seeking to have our antennae up to discern what he is saying, what he is prompting us to do in every situation of our lives. It can be done. Jesus did it. We know that. He constantly took himself off to pray. We know that Paul did it. We know that the early church did it, and we know that when they did it, fantastic incredible, amazing things happened. And we are called to do likewise. Now, if we don't do it, what is our life reduced to? Well, I think it's almost a secular life with a Christian veneer, falling short of the fruitfulness that we're called to and reduced sometimes to what we can only call a spiritual mediocrity, going through the motions. And it feels empty, it feels dissatisfying. And it can feel unreal. And I have to say, it's exactly where Satan wants us to be. He knows he doesn't need to convert us to atheism or another religion or the occult. All he needs to do is to strip us of our focus and strip us of our power. And the way he does that is by discouraging us from praying. So we stop praying. Because then we're harmless. Then we're no threat to him and we are of no benefit either, spiritually speaking, to anyone else. And the longer it carries on like that, the more we forget there is an alternative, and a sense of disappointment, of sadness, even of loneliness, where God seems distant and life feels out of control. That's where we can end up. That's what a life without prayer feels like, or a life with only sort of token gesture, praying. If that's you, what is God saying this morning to us? He's saying this, don't believe the lies that Satan sows, that he peddles, that prayer's not worth it, that it's not important, that it's not effective, and that it's not joy-giving. Come back to me, he's saying. Bring me back into your life in every aspect. Open your eyes to what actually is possible through prayer. Rekindle your first love Rediscover the incredible power of prayer. And remember that your life is meant to be extraordinary, exhilarating, joyful, peaceful, and radiating in goodness and love. That is abundant life. That's life in all its fullness, where rejoicing comes naturally, where the Lord feels near, where we've given every anxiety and concern to Him, where every situation is prayed through where we know as a result that He's in control and we can trust Him. And where we're overflowing with thankfulness, we know real peace. Whether we're in need or plenty, we're content. And we know deep down in our hearts that this is how it's meant to be. Have you been in that place? Do you know what that feels like? I think many of us have. And what we're going to do now, this is a a little unusual, but I want us just to take a moment of silence, just to ask God to remind us what that place feels like. So be honest with yourself. If there are moments in your life when you've had that life of prayer and you've known what it's been like, you've known the excitement, the energy, the hope, the calmness, the clarity, the awe and wonder, let's ask God now, just in a minute or so of silence, just to refresh our memory of what that feels like. And if you've never been there, why don't you ask God to show you what that can feel like? So let's perhaps close our eyes and just take a minute to ask God to remind us of that now. Well, I hope God spoke to you in that time. It's interesting, isn't it? It's it's actually quite remarkable when we take the time just to recall and invite God to show us again what it looks like, what it feels like, that we actually find ourselves drawn into that place again. Well, last week, if you were here in the morning, or if you perhaps were in your workplace on Tuesday, you'll remember we had another time of silence didn't we? Two minutes where, as a nation, we remembered the tragedy of war, the sacrifice, the bravery, the resolve of a nation facing a danger so great, so horrific, that they literally were willing to give everything to overcome it. Yet imagine for a moment if the people of Britain hadn't done that, if they'd opted out of the fight, if they'd cut their losses and come to a deal with the Nazis, if they'd given in to the enemy, if they'd accepted occupation, if they'd given up those who resisted, if they'd swallowed their liberty, our principles, our pride. How does that feel? It's quite a chilling thought, isn't it? The history of the world would have been very different. But now I want you to listen again to the words in the Bible that we heard read earlier, and I think you'll make the connection with what I've just said. So here are the words again from Ephesians 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God, so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, And against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. And always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. And pray also for me. What's Paul saying there? He's pleading with his readers. Saying you have to do this. This is what we're called to. Join me in the fight. We're all enlisted. I need you. You need me. We need each other. Together, we can stand firm. Together, we can dispossess the enemy. Together, we can set the captives free. And good can triumph over evil. And yet, to fail to engage in this war, this spiritual battle, I want to suggest, is just as tragic as any surrender to the Nazis would have been for Britain. And our chief weapons are the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, and the power of prayer. That's what that passage reminded us of. So why pray? Yes, because we're told to. Yes, because it makes us feel good. Yes, because it's powerful. But also, yes, because there's a war going on. And we need to do our bits, not watching from the sidelines. But standing firm against the enemy, holding our ground, seizing territory, winning individuals, families, communities for Jesus. So, how do we do it? Well, we pray, and we're told further, we pray in the Spirit. Now, what does that mean? Well, there are a number of things we could say about that. I think on one level it means inviting God to prompt and empower our prayers. Inviting Him to set the agenda. Aligning ourselves with His heart, His priorities, His work. Praying in your your mother tongue or praying with the gift of tongues. Praying with your mind or praying with your spirit. And hear this encouragement when we don't know what to pray. This is from Romans 8. It says this, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And why would we want this? That everything in us should be in accordance with God's will? Can we trust him? Does he know what he's doing? Well, hear these further words of encouragement, again from Romans 8. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. What is he saying? He's saying our calling, our destiny, our purpose is to become like Jesus, knowing him fully, delighting in his love and to see many others come to know him too, as we naturally share all that he has done for us. And as Paul sees it, and I believe as the whole of the New Testament sees it, nothing else actually really matters that much. That's why Paul himself could say that he'd given up wealth, he'd given up his worldly identity, he'd given up comfort, he'd given up a settled life, he'd given up his status as a Roman citizen and a Jewish leader. He's given up his freedom from persecution or prison or violence. And he said this, But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord for whose sake I have lost all things. And he prayed to the Ephesians, or asked the Ephesians, not to pray for an end to his discomforts, to his insecurity, but he prayed that he would be fearless and be given the words to say in whatever situation he ended up in. Because he knew that praying, playing his part in what God is doing in the world in the spiritual battle was what he was here for, And that was his greatest privilege, his greatest honor, and his greatest joy. So, what should we pray if we want God's purposes to be fulfilled in our lives? We should praise him for all he's done through Jesus and thank him for that. We should pray for the peace of God, transcending all understanding to fill our hearts and our minds. We should ask for boldness and fearlessness. We should pray for the Spirit to guide us, to give us the words to say, to use us and to sustain us. Because that is where real power, real joy, real fulfillment actually lies. So why pray? It's because it changes things in the most extraordinary ways. So we mustn't opt out of the battle We mustn't say, I'd rather spectate. We mustn't leave it to others. Together, we need to be praying as a church. Together, we need to be playing our part. We need to pray for opportunities. We need to pray for every aspect of our lives, our marriages, our friendships, our families, our world. And we should pray that we would continue to want to pray. And that we would be filled with His Spirit so that we pray in the Spirit in all that we do. So that's what we're going to do now. We're going to have a time of response. And we're going to start with praying for God's Spirit to fill us so that we can pray in the Spirit. And we can know that constancy of prayer, that intimacy of prayer, that power of prayer, that joy of prayer that anointing of prayer, that boldness in prayer that God calls us to. So shall we stand? And it would be great if the band would like to come up and take their place up here on the stage. And let's start by... Acknowledging the fact that we need to be filled by God's Spirit. If we are to pray as He wants us to pray, then the Spirit needs to infuse us. The Spirit needs to prompt us. The Spirit needs to build our faith. And the Spirit needs to give us the boldness to respond and act and witness and be transformed into the people that he calls us to be. So let's just open ourselves up to God again, and let's ask him to fill us. Father, we are your people. We long to become people of prayer once again. We long to pray for the right things. We want to want to pray. We want your power at work in our lives. And we want to know that joy that Paul knew. So, Father, fill us with your spirit afresh now, we pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Upon every person here in this room who longs for you to work in their lives. Fill us, move us, Father. And Lord, into that complexity that our lives are, would you now start to speak? Holy Spirit, would you speak encouragement, truth, clarity into our lives now as we wait on you? We're going to pray in the spirit now which I want to suggest in in this situation now is I want to invite every person to pray as you feel prompted. Whatever God is prompting you to pray for for yourselves or for others or for the church why don't you just pray that now silently however you feel led. Let's take a minute to pray in the Spirit in this way. Let's now ask God, how does he want us to pray this week when we leave this place when the routine of work or family commitments, whatever our life looks like, let's ask him now what he wants us to do to ensure that the power of prayer is real in our lives this week. Let's ask him, and then let's pray our response to that and tell him what we're willing to do. Thank you, Father. I want to now encourage people to respond uh, by coming forward to be prayed for in two ways. If the prayer ministry team could come to the front, that would be great. And I, as I was preparing for this service, felt very strongly that there's a group of people and it was looking at the First World War coverage that got me thinking about this. I was reading about how in the trenches that the soldiers would be at the front line for six days, and then they would be behind the lines, resting for six days. I just had a sense that there's a whole load of people here who've been behind the lines, maybe for too long, or maybe this is the moment where God is calling you to go onto the front line again. But unlike those trenches, You are perfectly safe. God is with you. He's saying, will you engage in that battle for me again? If that's you, we'd love you to come forward and we'd love to pray for you because that is a really important thing. If God is saying that, please do come forward and we will pray. And here's a second group. If you've been feeling distant from God... It happens to all of us. And you just want to know that he is near again. To feel afresh his love, his anointing, his peace, his comfort. And we would love to pray for you. As you draw near to him, we'll pray that he draws near to you. So this is a great opportunity. It's a safe place. This is something actually that is right for every one of us. But for some of us, this is the moment where we need to respond in a deliberate way to say, I'm going to re-enter the battle. I want to come near again. So please do come forward. We'd love to pray for you. I know there are people here in this situation this morning. doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for Ten minutes or fifty years. There's power when we step forward. lots of people coming forward now. If you've um, been trained in prayer ministry, either in the recent training or you've been in the team historically, um, we'd love you to come and pray. We need lots of people to pray. And the band can uh, lead us quietly in a song of response. I encourage you all, if you haven't come forward, to pray for these people that are and then to sing as the band leads us as well. So God is doing something powerful and exciting here this morning. Let's pray and rejoice in what he's doing. Women who could come forward, please. There's another woman who could come forward and pray that would be great, please.